0: Welcome, everybody. This is the July update from Rosecut. I'm joined by Mike. Uh, Good to speak to you again, Mike. How are you? Hi, Daniel.
1: Yeah, good to speak. Been a reasonably decent month in terms of stability in the marketplace. Not sure that's going to persist. I think we both agree we have seen what people call a bear market rally, so a kind of a counter trend rally in the context of overall and broad weakness. And I think as for as long as uh, inflation remains high and multiple risks, be it Italian politics, Ukraine, etc., supply chains breaking down, climate change, <laughs> it's getting depressing. I think markets will likely be, be under pressure.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned a word at the start there, stability. We've mentioned before some of the uh, political instability in a, a few emerging market countries such as Sri Lanka. Uh, but we're starting to see a few... Uh, uh, signs of political instability in Europe itself not only do we have the changes in the UK of course with the new Prime Minister being elected but there's a a few things going on in Italy for example uh we were talking about this just before we started recording Uh, how would you sum up what's going on right now
1: yeah so I think I think very broadly what's happening is that from a market point of view you know markets are beginning to test at the edges of first of all emerging markets and now Europe and they've been given the excuse by some of the political parties in Italy, Five Star, and uh, who are the, the populist kind of left-to-center party, and then some of the parties in the right, who were in this coalition government with Mario Draghi, and who decided effectively to pull the rug from that coalition. I think for two two reasons. One is that as populists having entered government, they've seen their Standing when the polls fall, and then the second one is that the, the far right party Fratelli uh, uh, d'Italia, the, the Brotherhood of Italy, um, they've been on the rise, and they are probably comparable to Marine Le Pen uh, and her party in France, or Viktor Orbán in Hungary. Um, and their, their their manifesto is it's very anti-immigration, anti. It's actually more anti-globalist than anti europe um, and they are fermenting tension in Italy. So we're, now it looks like we're going to have an election uh, at the end of September. I think a great disappointment that Maria Draghi has been effectively uh, ejected given all his, his, his accomplishments. So that means we will have volatility in European bond markets between now and at least the end of September. In that background, the ECB has just raised interest rates by 50 basis points to 0% which is somewhat odd, given that inflation across Europe is averaging about 8%. And the ECB is in a difficult place because Europe is having a mixture of these inflationary pressures and recessionary pressures as well because of what's happening in, in Ukraine. So a uh, very complex outlook in Europe, um, which I think will will actually um, complicate matters more broadly across markets and, and certainly for, for currency markets, for example, the euro has been really volatile
0: yeah and it is incredible
1: just to think of how
0: Europe has this inflation problem and we've only just got to zero percent interest rates yeah
1: it's remarkable if you think back to the the days of the old Bundesbank, you know at the stage they would have would have aggressively been been raising rates but not that's not the case now
0: yeah now one area which has been raising rates is is the U.S. of course uh, and the Concern is that if you raise them a bit too quickly and too high a level, you start to impact on economic activity, uh, which might, in, in some cases, actually be a something the Fed wants because it wants to get rid of the inflation problem, and that means demand destruction is actually a useful thing in a way. Uh, and we're seeing a few signs of uh, economic downturn emerging. So we we have the Atlanta Fed model. Uh, sorry GDP now model, uh, which tries to measure uh, economic activity close to real time and that's been flashing warning signs for a couple of quarters now Uh, and we had another manufacturing index from the uh, Philadelphia Federal Reserve come out yesterday uh, which is quite negative and all of that means that actually bonds have started to perform a bit better uh, which is useful in the portfolio context as they usually as a diversifier when equities are not doing well. And it's one of the things that we've been missing this year, uh, that
1: sort of uh, buffer. For context, I mean, our positioning is quite conservative, I guess, which has been the right way to go. And I think what's happening in markets is that the debate has shifted from inflation, even though inflation is still very much present, towards recession that's been effectively been good for government bonds, less good, obviously, for equities.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're still in a, a longer term downtrend, which we've been in all this year. But as you mentioned earlier, we have a bit of a bear market rally at present, which is where you have this counter trend move uh, and markets go up a bit. And it's been helped by a volumes over summer tend to be lower than usual. So you don't need as much money to move the market up. Uh, and B, the earnings season has been a bit mixed. So companies reporting in their second quarter earnings. Uh, there has been a few misses. But uh, it's not been as bad as I think people are expecting, and we can see from the performance of what I refer to as some of the lower quality stocks, the more speculative ones. Uh, and I was just looking at Coinbase before I came on; uh, they're up forty percent in one month, uh, which is quite a move. But when it's not confirmed by higher quality stocks moving up by uh, anywhere close, I, I think that does lead me
1: to the conclusion that this is still
0: a bear market rally rather than something more sustained.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and one of the characteristics of the, the so-called bear market rally is that what people call the junk, or as you say, you know, the, the lower quality stocks, they're the ones to to rise the most, largely because they've they've already fallen very very heavily, and uh, some of them are shorted, they're sold quite aggressively, so there's an, an element just kind of you know buying back some of those are closing the shorts. That's more technical phenomenon, I think, than any kind of serious institutional buying uh, or long-term buying. And I think, I think we, we have yet to see the, the, the real bottom in, in markets uh, for, the, for the time being. Agreed. Uh, and so let me finish by just summing up uh, where we
0: stand with portfolios at present, including the latest changes. Uh, we hold uh, a bit more cash than we were doing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, That's to add to the defensive nature of the portfolios uh, and try and dampen down the fluctuations that we're seeing. Um, That's partly because the uh, energy sector ETF and carbon credits, all the stuff that worked really well in the first half of the year, uh, they're just displaying a bit more volatility as uh, concerns over recession come in instead of just concerns over inflation. The other thing we've done recently is we've reduced Emerging market equities. Uh, this is along with the reduction of Wallen equities. Frankly, uh, and emerging markets tend to be the uh, higher risk areas in equities, and you know they're they're also quite vulnerable to some of the things we've been going on in the world. So a stronger dollar, for example, it's not generally good for emerging markets. Uh, global GDP slowdown, not good again. Uh, and then we also have. This, uh, it sounds slightly paranoid to talk about geopolitical risk all the time, but uh, we did have this remarkable press conference a couple of weeks ago, which is is worth mentioning just uh, for the record. And it was with the head of military intelligence for the UK and head of the FBI, uh, so that's the US agency, uh, and they were quite firm in their criticism of China uh, and really highlight of the business risks involved if something significant did happen there. And, and it's just one of those things, you, it, it's like a signal. You just keep, keep an eye on that sort of situation and remain mindful of the risks.
1: As a final point, how I would interpret it is that it's a sign of a, of a, a more divided world. Um, Mm -hmm. between east and west obviously the the war in ukraine has done a lot to further divide the world that reads across to trade and investment and there will be you know certain sectors now in europe and the states that will uh, be very wary with with trading with china um so that's going to mark currency flows it'll mark investment flows um, and it'll mark the fortunes of different kinds of companies and even companies that have got exposure to, to Asia, for example.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, all of my career, we've always invested globally within portfolios, uh, almost without uh, a thought for these sort of things. Uh, and I suspect that is going to uh, change over the next few years.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we, shall,
0: uh, we shall finish up.
1: Yes. Optimistic um, note to finish on.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just as a reminder, uh, the portfolios remain defensively positioned, Uh, we've not been subject to excessive volatility within uh, portfolio performance. Uh, So we await a more attractive opportunity to uh, add risk back to equities. Mike, thank you for your time as ever.
1: Thanks Dan. Look forward to next month, next month.